Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dear Fandom Hot Takes Edition, where everything you like is terrible and we're obsessed with it. I'm Hillary. And I'm Megan. And today we are covering, uh, we're doing another episode of Harry Potter. Um, but this time, instead of focusing on um, turf demon uh, J.K. Rowling, we are going to be focusing on the fandom at large and our personal experiences, or basically my personal experiences, peppered in with uh, Megan's personal experiences in the fandom. Yes. Yes. So um, uh, Megan is very gentle in the way she teases me about the fact that I was, in my youth, a very big Potterhead. Um, not, I had other interests. I was into theater. I was into some anime. I like, liked all sorts of stuff, but Harry Potter was a big interest of mine. I was always a big reader when I was young and I, whenever a new Harry Potter book would come out, that would be my main Christmas present for that year. And I would read it within two days. <laughs> I, I, and let me just say that as much as like I've, I've, I've just lovingly made fun of you over the years, uh, I absolutely appreciate how much you're into Harry Potter because like watching the movies with you is great because uh, now if you guys watch anything on Amazon Prime, if you press pause, it'll show you like movie trivia or like who is in the cast right now. And uh, it's the exact same, except it's Hillary, so I don't need to press pause. And I'm like, wait, who's that bald guy in the back? And you're like, uh, to the left or the right? And I'm like, to the right. And you're like, oh, okay, it's this guy named Brian Dinninkle, and he's got a little... And like, <laughs> Yeah, they'll be like, this is such and such. Um, like, my uh, my particular favorite, I think we were watching uh, Half-Blood Prince once, and I was like... Um, Jim Broadbent plays um, Slughorn mm-hmm. and he, you kind of like go and it's like oh well yeah nobody was surprised when he was cast as Slughorn because it was like oh yeah well that's that's obvious <laughs> like, like that's I mean, so for me I I just know Jim Broadbent because I'm like you know what I love Jim Broadbent movies big fan of them <laughs> so and I knew with Harry Potter I was like so at some point every person who's a British actor is going to be in these films like you've got Emma Thompson in there you've got uh, Jim Broadbent you've got Alan Rickman you've got just any big name that's been in like uh, what's it called uh Oh my God! The guy who directed uh, Kenneth Branagh, um, the guy who directed Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh directs Kenneth Branagh, so technically he, that statement is still you're, correct. You're correct. Yeah, <laughs> Hamlet. Um. <laughs> Kenneth Branagh. Okay, just really quickly, sidebar. What a good choice for Gilderoy, even if he wasn't hot. Perfect choice for Gilderoy, though. He's not supposed like he's he's like the thing is he's not super hot, but he's like kind of handsome in a weird like classical sort of way, like a Greek statue kind of way. <laughs> so like, of course, people would sort of be like, oh, he's like he's got fancy clothes and he's blonde, and you know later on you find out he's really good at memory charms, which is why. He's he's a big old fraud. So, so anyway. but that's that's the thing though about the fandom is like so uh, there was no real like when we were into it as kids into teenagers is that the uproar of the movies specifically with regards to like um, you know Lily and James and and uh, Molly and Arthur and and uh, everybody being a little t- or Remus and, and Lupin and all uh, Remus and Lupin Remus and Sirius all being older was not something that we caught right away because as a 12 year old watching the first Harry Potter, you're like, ah, yes, adults all look like that. They're all older. (laughs) You just accept it. Yeah. You don't really, until I was reading the books as a teenager and like, 
you really register the fact that like the adults the quote-unquote adults like the marauders were all like 21 when like they were either incarcerated or died like exactly so. and like what's his name the guy who plays peter Pet- Pettigrew. um uh, the Timothy Beatles, Spall. the <laughs> Beatles from Sweeney Todd. <laughs> Timothy Spall. Timothy Spall. Uh, now that's a rough. Like now that one, that one completely took me out of like these people are supposed to be in their late twenties, early thirties, or whatever, or they're going to be in their mid thirties or whatever. Because watching Timothy Spall's as just like you're just like that's. I mean, I you don't look any. You look like you're sixty on the best day of your life right now. <laughs> Yeah, so um, a lot of a lot of issues with you know the movie is of course like caused a new new side of fandom to come in, and the movie is of course caused like you know the bro the broken fan base because everyone's got their issues with everything, and you know it was like I um, I mean as a Hunger Games fan, I get those I get those movie like like the people who had the problems with the movies because again when you read something you have a picture in your head. I had a problem with Tonks having long hair. That was me. <laughs> I yeah. I thought Tonks I thought Tonks was too pretty. I thought Tonks the thing is I well um Natalie she, she she's gorgeous. She's beautiful. She is. Her name's Natalie Tenna, I want to say her name is. Yeah, Natalie Tenna. And she was great in terms of like that's the thing is I would say she Natalie Tenna is absolutely beautiful. But I also think, like, it's easy to look very beautiful amongst the cast of people. Like, she was never standing next to Helena Bonham Carter at the same time. So you'd be like, ah, yes, they're both, like, equally beautiful in their respective scenes. Um, Because Helena Bonham Carter was also, like, I remember in the fandom, before Bellatrix had been cast, every person was like, Helena Bonham Carter, if it's not Helena Bonham Carter, I'm going home. Yeah, and then she was, I remember that. And then she was, and, like... I, <laughs> I I mean, the thing is, I can never say that in any movie Helena Bonham Carter has been in, I've been, like, upset at her performance. She's great at what she does. She's truly just, like, a good actor. Like, she's just one of those people where you're just like, I love you so much. You seem so chill. But, uh... It's just, I think, like, I always I always hesitate whenever the fandom demands a casting and then it happens, and then it's just disappointing. Well, some, uh, usually, usually, though, like, I mean, with the, because the Harry Potter fandom is the way it is, you know, because we are the way we are, usually when somebody demands a certain person for a role, it's for good reason. It's not, um, it's not just, and not to say I've, Believe me, there have been instances in which, you know, like, somebody was like, oh, here's an actor for a role, and then they were totally disappointing in it. But, um, like, for example, I feel like Slughorn is the perfect example. Like, he performed. He was perfect for, uh, Jim Broadbent was perfect for that role. And I, I came around to Emma Thompson as Trelawney. She is not at all how I pictured her, but I came around to her. Uh, you know um, what? For me, so like I said, I read up to Order of the Phoenix, so I do know who Mad-Eye Moody is. And I will admit that Brendan Gleeson was was great. He was amazing. Like, at no point was anybody in the fan going, I fucking hate Brendan Gleeson. I think the biggest, like, unknowns for me as a fan, and by fan I mean casual watcher... 
was okay. was Bill and Charlie and the and um, because the, they were not they were not announced until well Charlie was never announced. Charlie, Charlie was never announced. Charlie, Charlie is, Charlie's off. He's at a farm upstate. Do, okay, do you know do you know how how fucking salty I am about that? Like like it is like a very the dragons ate Charlie. I'm so sorry, Ron. No, listen, <laughs> like I am so uh, like I just. <laughs> No, and, and listen, I get it. I absolutely do get it. But like watching, so Dom Hulk Leeson. I mean, back back then, he was he was in a couple of things. Uh, not a big name though. And now everyone's like, oh, my sweet cinnamon roll hucks. I love you so much. <laughs> like, yeah. So many women are thirsty as hell. And you're like, all right, the, let's breathe. You love a you love a Weasley gender. So I, yeah, um, they really do. Um, so you do. um. <laughs> So the films brought in, um, there was, uh, I was young uh, when the, we were young when the first Harry Potter film was made. Yes. I was like nine, you were like 11. Yes. And um, so I didn't experience much of the fandom before the films, but I experienced them like when the films were just like kind of getting momentum and they weren't such a large dominating force. And I was reading fan fiction online, like, because I... I was like, what is this? I can read stories. I don't have to wait. Like, just I don't there. have to wait two years for another book. I can read stories right now. Yeah. And, um, like, that was so exciting. And then I, like, read these stories. I was, And, you know, like, listen, we're about to talk about the ultimate self-insert fan fiction, but I got to talk about my own self-insert fan fiction <laughs> So... <laughs> I feel um, like I definitely read it at some point, too. Yeah, you definitely did. It was... I am a good writer, but it was dreadful. Um, I mean, most uh, most writers are probably not great when they're sixteen. I no, I was I was younger. I was younger when I wrote it. Oh, I so was, then yeah, you're fine. You don't worry. Nobody's like, excuse me. I expect all fourteen year olds to have perfect penmanship and perfect grammar and great great alliteration yeah. when necessary. Yeah, I st- I stopped writing. I stopped writing fan fiction by the time I was like like fourteen, fifteen. But like when I was in junior high school. Um, I was definitely, like, writing, like, Dumbledore's granddaughter goes to, you know. <laughs> like, that's, that's the thing about the fandom, and specifically with the fan fiction subset of the Harry Potter fandom, is, like, I remember reading plenty of Harry Potter fan fiction because, you know, this was before Order of the Phoenix came out. This was before um, Goblet of Fire came out. So you would go online and you'd try to find fucking anything that could give you hints as to what the next book would be about. Yes, you were like, because things were, because the internet wasn't so big and there weren't rumors flying around, like, um, and the forums at that point, the HarryPotter.com forums were primitive. And I was like on there all the time trying to find any information, trying to talk to anybody who I was like, what do you know? And that's, <laughs> you know? And that's what's, and I know this sounds so silly to say like, what a beautiful, innocent time. But it was like, I remember reading a lot of fan fiction of Harry Potter before I stopped getting into, like before I was like, like, like lost interest. Because I remember specifically reading um, what people like because people with that fan fiction back then it was always sequels it was never about side characters these were people taking large leaps to just assume what the next book was going to be about and I want to just say that uh, none of them got it right none of them none of them could have predicted no. Order of the Phoenix or uh, the Goblet of Fire they were wrong um, I no 
I did see, um, what I did see was um, a few fan fiction that were like, hmm, Ron and Hermione are probably going to get together. And I was like, I like that idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, if I had to remember any specific fan fiction, no, I really didn't remember oh, anything specific. first time, okay, so me and my, my innocent little mind, um, fanfiction.net didn't allow, like, like x-rated fan fiction no like, no i remember very that. explicitly not allowed yeah um those they were called lemons back in the day um <sighs> right i know i'm I sorry know. we're just coming a nostalgia trip continue girl go ahead <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go cry it's my invisibility cloak give me a moment <laughs> we are tr- we are truly the dinosaurs of the internet age so I- <laughs> stop it it's not true no it is no it's true um so I remember coming across a coming across a fan fiction and it was really badly written, but it was like it was Harry, Harry and Draco. And I was like, because I'd only ever seen like Harry and Hermione. Yeah. Or like, or like Harry and Ginny or whatever. Yep. And I was like, what is this? So I clicked on it and I read it and it was bad. But I was like, this is an interesting you're allowed to do that? <laughs> so that's, okay, so that's what leads into, um, so for, I remember you were the one who introduced me to that stuff in terms of like fan fiction, like slash fan fiction. Because yeah. I was I was starting to get into anime uh, like when I was 14. You were the one who got me into manga specifically. You handed me uh, the fourth volume of Chobits and you're like, good luck. <laughs> no, I, I, I've always been a reader. I've always been a reader. And I'm it's, less of a watcher. And it's just something that like, so reading the the fan fiction. Now I remember. Now we have to just talk about this because I can't I can't hold my tongue anymore. Now I remember when you showed me My Immortal, and I was like, I love Evanescence. <laughs> <laughs> no, we you do not feel bad about like let it all loose because it's, I, okay. So this I is like, this is my exact experience with My Immortal because you were the one who introduced it to me. Now I'm not sure I, if you remember. I was like, this is the yeah no. I was like, this is the funniest shit I've ever read. Please. Read so <laughs> I can't remember. I feel like I was definitely your house when I read it because we both had dial up internet. So to send things, you're like, okay, it's just gonna take about 16 minutes to load. Give me a moment, guys. And it was it would take forever. So I remember like being at your house, like in front of your box computer and like scrolling through the fucking fan fiction. And I remember seeing the name Raven Darkness Dementia Wet, except sorry, it was Dementia Ebon- with a D. And Ebony Raven, Ebony? Ebony Raven Dementia. Uh, no, Ebony Darkness, Darkness with a, with a apostrophe, dark comma ness. Yes. Ebony Darkness Dementia Raven Way. That's what that's it. Yes, and it was for me like I as as sad as this sounds, I was like, oh, this sounds like a great character. One already related to Gerard Way, love it. Two Raven, <laughs> my favorite Teen Titan. We're going off in a great place. Um, <laughs> three Darkness, one of my favorite aspects of living. Um, we were teenagers. <laughs> we were teenagers, and uh, so I I really just gave it a shot. And like, okay, when I tell you that I was reading this and I was like, oh. These, this is this is some weird AU where Harry, Ron, and Hermione go to Hogwarts inside of a Hot Topic. <laughs> <laughs> it is, in fact, a Hot Topic that has been fashioned to look like a Hot Topic and is, in fact, not a Hogwarts at all. And I can't remember, because she, she hadn't released the whole book. Well, not the whole book, but she hadn't released, like, she has, like, 14 chapters or something like that, right? Yeah, I don't think it, I don't think it was ever completed. I think mm. it was, and they, the kids, like, they made a YouTube video of them reading it, right? No, there's a dra- there's a dramatic reading of it online, but the two girls who wrote it 
like made a YouTube video that wishing people a happy new year. That sounds amazing. I was love in, this. They're, they're like chubby cheeked, like 14 year olds. I mean, it's, it, and that's the thing, like, so um, it was very like, like quote unquote, emo like 2000s emo and it was somebody like who was really into harry potter and somebody who was like really into emo culture specifically like you know raven from teen titans gerard way my chems like going and shopping in hot topic and decided to have like a hate baby with the two of them and uh and, 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 you, and you sprinkle in a dash of illiteracy and a little bit of uh poor grammar and a little bit of uh not knowing anything about how pacing works in terms of a story because it was i remember like right from the first paragraph it was off to a run and start and you were like this is fast-paced guys and i think at the point when i read it i think the first chapter was out like just maybe the second chapter possibly uh because i read it the first chapter and i remember looking over at you and i'm like what is this <laughs> and i was like it's amazing <laughs> and it was crazy because the fact that it's persisted throughout you know the last 15 years basically is is insanity to me mostly because uh it's not like you were forwarded this by a friend. You just constantly went on fanfiction.net and you looked up the most popular Harry Potter like fanfictions of the time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, my I world did have it. a high place on fanfiction.net. Like it was on the front page quite a lot, mm-hmm. which is why it got a lot of reach. But it only had reach to anyone who was on fanfiction.net in the mid 2000s. Like that's the point is it was a small reach because it was just these people. Yeah, and somehow it like made it further like somebody repost somebody like found it and reposted it somewhere and that's why people who were outside of like our little circle at the time because it was like it was as you said you know it was like it was kind of like our little secret yeah it felt like like it felt like i showed you because i trusted you i was like i don't want anyone else to know about this because i don't want them to get embarrassed and not update it was just as embarrassing as like being 15 and your parents finding you watching porn like you'd be like your parents would read five sentences of this and go what is this about megan and you go and also parents back in the day if they read a fan fiction uh they assumed you wrote it like that was it no matter who wrote it you wrote it Oh, did you write this? It was really good. Exactly. And I promise you, I definitely lied to my mom and said I did a lot. I was like, yeah, I wrote it. You didn't see, like, like you know when I stay up late and, like, t- till 2 a.m.? Yeah, this is all my writing. <laughs> oh, my oh, God. Oh, man. But then, then, and, like, there's no need to get into the entire plot of My Immortal. The plot no, is it. that it's terrible. Uh, but it's hysterical when you're reading it as an adult and you're just, like, because you can't even get past the first, like, chapter. You're just like, this is such Basically. garbage. Basically, like, she can't spell her name right half the time. Draco Malfoy, she's, her boyfriend is Draco Malfoy, who she calls Vampire because she thinks his name is boring. And, um, or, like, they, like... Just hearing these details again, I'm like, oh, my God. They have sex at some point, but, like, it's very poorly described because she's, like, 14 years old and clearly has never had sex before. Yes. Thank God. (laughs) Yes, yes, absolutely. But, like... I know this sounds crazy, but how I wish we could go back to the days of the fandom being like that, because from 2004 to 2006, and then we skip ahead to the the 2010s, and the fandom just went fucking crazy in terms of like, like, it was literally like entering college as a fandom, and you're like, I'm going to drink and fuck, and that's all that matters. (laughs) Basically, I feel like it was so, it was so innocent back then. It was so like, I wasn't, I didn't have... I didn't go, like, searching for, like, it wasn't, like, 
drawing with the fan art of porn or something like that you know like i wasn't looking for that like i if i came across that like rule 34 of like something uh like of a harry potter related thing which i did come across mm-hmm. um i would be like ah oh, god you know like i didn't want to see that i yeah. just wanted to i just wanted to know what was happening you, next. you wanted lore you wanted information about this series and then by the 2010s the series had been completed the fans were starting to get older we were i mean most of the fans were millennials you had a handful of gen xers who were into it and, and maybe a small percentage of gen zers who were into it but at that point gen zers were children were actual children so hillary and i can only talk of the millennials experience combined with the Gen X experience and I can tell you that uh Harry Potter cosplayers are just in a fucking realm of their own I know I get it people who cosplay and I speak for myself as well you'll put on that costume you'll be like I am this character but Harry Potter cosplayers in groups will just start like improving an entire scene and I always get really uncomfortable because they're almost always like in their late teens early 20s and then there's one 38 year old dude dressed up as Snape and I'm like where the fuck did you get here from how why are you here and they're like no these are my children I love them and I'm like well then why don't you go home to your actual children okay all right bye Is it a coincidence that this one has like an ample bosom? Is it Snape? Is it? <laughs> and it's and it was always because now in the Harry Potter fandom that I was particularly like exposed to, a lot of the cosplayers were women. Just in general, it was girls dressing up as Draco, as Harry, as Ron, and just like making out with each other. I I listen. There's no judgment here. You're gonna do what you're gonna do. Enjoy it. Have fun. But maybe make sure there's nobody dressed up as Snape behind you. Or Dumbledore, unless that Dumbledore is a sexy Dumbledore lady, in which case, yeah, let's do it. It's yeah, it's it's like if you want a latent way to try out being gay, that's cool. Yeah, that's, no, no that's judgment, okay. no judgment from me, no judgment from anybody else in the fandom. But um, just I always feel uncomfortable when there's like you know people dressed up as Harry and Ron and they're making out, and you just see like fifteen dudes just gathered in the background with like their cam- their old ass digital cameras from back in the day, just like snapping photos, and you're like, oh. Oh, this is bad. Oh. And that's and that's one of the issues. And that's the thing is that's not an issue with the fandom. It isn't. It's just like sec- like sexualizing the characters. Yeah, obviously, I'm certain. Like one of the things Joe Rowling didn't write about was how much these teenagers absolutely messed around. Are you shitting me? <laughs> yeah, they absolutely did. But like. I think it's just, there's a different thing when, like, you and your friends are just making out with each other and you're just like, oh, it's fun because I'm Draco and I love Ron or whatever. And you're just like, oh, I, 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 okay. You know what? <laughs> you know what? I, I'm, I gotta go home. <laughs> I gotta just, I just gotta go. Um, so... So yeah, one one really great thing about the fandom is that, or like being a part of this fan base, and like for me personally on a personal level, mm-hmm. is I, because of the actual locations used, I mean like uh, the actual locations, like there are like Harry Potter spots to check out like mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. Like when I was studying in England, I lived by King's Cross Station, which is where Platform 9 and 3 quarters is. And I would go there. And it would it would be like I'm in I'm in a Harry Potter place, and then um, there was a cafe in Edinburgh where um, Joe would write you know drafts for Harry Potter, and I would go there, and there are like these kind of pilgrimage spots that people can go to and sort of congregate together and like feel like part. It's like a worldwide stretch, mm-hmm. you know. It's really it's really 
neat. It's it's cool. Yeah, absolutely. That, and that's the thing, is going to the actual locations that relate to whether it's the filming of the Harry Potter, of the Harry Potter, of Harry Potter, um, the films, or uh, with relation to like where Joe wrote these books and like where the inspiration came from or being in, in, at, at King's Cross Station. And then there is the absolute uh, greediness of corporate money to go, we need to build a theme park so people stop going to Britain and stay in America. That, okay, I will admit, I will be the first to admit that I want to go there at least once. But um, I know I will be disappointed. So I was in Florida two years ago. Me and my husband took a road trip down to visit my sister. And uh, basically we went to uh, Universal because I'd been to Disney World before. And I was like, I've never been to Universal. Now, we didn't buy our tickets in advance because me being a stupid tourist, I was like... How much can they cost? Like a hundred bucks? $189, guys. And that was two years ago. They've gone up in price since then. And that's for one day for you to walk around and not even get a fast pass on any of the rides. You spend $200 probably after taxes to enter the park. That's crazy. It is. It is absolute insanity to spend $200. And it's not even like, okay, now I can understand $200 can get you like a two-day pass, $100 each day. All right, I will give you that. But $200 for one day, I've already, it's already 11 a.m. when I'm going. And that means, like, like I just, and it's just, I think that's such an expense that I, I get you have to pay your employees. I'm absolutely aware that you've, but you've, the, the thing is, at the end of the day, if you look at the Harry Potter pictures, like the ones from Universal Studios, they're getting people every single day of the week. I mean, they've just opened up and COVID-19 is running rampant in the state of Florida right now. I mean, I don't know what it's going to be like in the future, but I can tell you guys all right now, Florida's not looking great. And everyone's like, oh yeah, they'll socially distance in Harry Potter land. No, they're not. No, they're not. Everyone's going to scream to get into Ollivander's. Like, calm down, ladies. Like... Yeah, I know, or like Zonkos or whatever. Exactly. And I think that's my issue is that I get that as a theme park they have to make money but a lot of the a lot of the luster and wonder is lost when you when it breaks down to dollars and cents like if i were to if i had paid a hundred dollars to go in and then olivander's wand was 150 additionally and then you have to get your butter beer because that's part of it we love the butter beer and then you have to um you know go and get your robe because of course you got to get your robe and it just it, it doesn't it's no longer about it, it's it's a it's a it's just a corporation taking money from kids who love or, or adults who love this series and that's and- what sucks yeah, and that's why I, because the whole, like, the whole empire it's become, to go back to, I just miss when Harry Potter was, like, dorking around on forums and, like, going to, for the last book, I went with a few friends and I waited in line from 6 p.m. to midnight. And um, we played cards the entire time. It was me, a friend, um, his cousin, and I think another friend of ours. And, um, no, his younger sister. So we all sat, we, we all stood in line, then we sat down. Because, you know, I'm not going to stand for six hours. Was this in the mall back when that, uh, back when the bookstore was open? Yep, back when the bookstore was open. <sighs> this was in the mall when the bookstore was open. And um, I, you, you go, you went to the, you went to it, you prepaid. And um, then you got back in line. Um, I'm just thinking about your... this. I remember seeing the pictures in the paper the day after. 
Uh, yeah, it was it was really magical. It was so simple. We played cards and we talked about we were like, so what do you think is going to happen in the book? And yeah, we, we had theory. We were theorizing about who was going to die, what was going to happen, like uh, all this. We were all wrong, of course. I, but that's what's so beautiful about something like this. Like it's and like having that experience of like doing the midnight, like like waiting until midnight to get your copy. Yeah. And it was and like the second the woman handed me the book, I and it's on my bookshelf right now. Like I'm, I'm looking at it, and um, I just held it in my hands, and I felt like this big swell of emotion because I was like, "This is it. This is the last one she's gonna write." To like, be honest, I would say that the fandom started getting shitty around there too. Yeah, it did because it, the movies were at their peak. They were starting, I think. I think uh, Order of the Phoenix came out in 2007. Uh, And what's it called? So I remember now, I remember those viral videos like back. So YouTube was already a thing. I think it was like, what, 2007? So yeah, it had been a thing for three years. And um, people, what these people were doing, I think it was mostly guys at this point. But what they would do is they'd get the copy of, of the book and then they'd skin through it very quickly to find out the big major plot points and they'd wait they literally just try to find any big spoiler that they can yell out loud now as we are all aware like you know how like people are like spoiler alert jesus dies at the end of the bible but one of the biggest spoiler alerts back in the day was snape kills dumbledore and the reason yeah. it is that is because in malls across america in bookstores across america fucking piece of shit dudes would get their copy flip through it, find out Snape killed Dumbledore, and then scream down the line, Snape kills Dumbledore. That was in Half-Blood Prince, though, right? That was Half-Blood Prince. So it had already started getting shitty at that point. Yeah, no, that was back in, like, 2005, 2007. Yeah, no, that was... But remember when that happened and how, like, there was one video of where two dudes just started yelling it, and the entire line just lost their shit. They were so angry. <laughs> well, God. it's, guys, people like that are, they're always, I've just concluded that there are always guys, like, not guys, they're, like, always people, usually men. Um, I don't want to generalize, but, you know. Um, if the shoe fits. If the shoe fits. <laughs> usually guys who were, like, Hmm, do primarily women like this? I'm going to spoil it for everybody. I I just like I remember the absolute outrage that came after the, those like cuz and then that video was posted on YouTube, so then everybody was fucking spoiled for it. And I wasn't like, and, thankfully. Yes, I didn't watch that video until a few years after like cuz I mean you, I didn't know that big twist until uh, you had told me it. But I remember I asked you for confirmation because I I kind of heard about the video. And um, and that's what sucks is that like with within fandoms, that's when you start to see this split. You'll like even you know there was there was a, still a good side of the fandom where we're all reading fan fiction and trying to figure out what the next book was and waiting online for midnight you know to open that copy on midnight and whatever. And it was all very nice and very pure. But then you know you started to see the darkness crawl up, literal like ebony dementia darkness even way. <laughs> crawl up in the sense of people just can't like they can't let people enjoy things and then it just kind of got more and more intense in the fandom um in the sense that like 
so you know you have a few years out 2012 was the last movie so at that point death eaters were the big like villains of the movie and you had a very very uh dedicated subset of harry potter fans who were obsessed with the death eaters and i shit you not a lot of people got death eater tattoos yes a lot of people got the dark the dark mark tattoo they because they were like oh this is um especially this is gonna age great (laughs) yeah this is gonna this is gonna age really well especially in today's world Mm -hmm. um but i uh i knew someone actually in university who had a who had a dark mark tattoo and um yeah in the in the queer student union believe it or not man wow what a look it was a lot. They were like, no, it's about Slytherins. It's about this. It's about, it's about like, Voldemort Dark. I'm like, that's a racist sign. You know, that's the Harry Potter equivalent of, of racism. Like, you know, you know that, right? I mean, I would go even further. And I would literally say, like, Nazis specifically because they're all about blood purity. Yeah, they're about blood purity. And... It is, it is, as, as I said during our, um... Last hot take. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, hot hot take. Uh, They are, it's like essentially like the neo-Nazis of the Harry Potter fandom. I never trust a person who I see has a dark mark tattoo. Get a, like, if you have a tattoo, like, if a Harry Potter, if a person has a Harry Potter tattoo... It, like, should be the Deathly Hallows. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, also, that's a tattoo that in terms of, like, aging... It's even if, like, let's say Harry Potter does fade from the public view and, you know, it isn't as popular 15, 20 years from now, uh, the Deathly Hallows is just something that looks aesthetically nice, you yeah, know? It's, it's, it's geometric. It's very nice and geometric. It's a symbol. And um, you could say it's anything. Exactly. Um, Whereas the dark mark is something that, like, people would look at and go, uh, can you explain this to me? And then yeah, you'd have to go... Mm. at best it's like at the very very best it's a heavy metal don't tread on me but like (laughs) oh man thank you you. i'm here all night i'm here all night i can imagine just somebody like who absolutely just regretted getting this but they also can't afford like laser removal they'd be like oh so what does this mean on your arm and you'd go um uh, I was uh, I was born with this. It uh, it just grew as I got older, and I really don't know how to get rid of it. Can you help me? <laughs> like, there's nobody who should be proud of like, yay! Look at my Slytherin tattoo. And then like one Harry Potter fan who's in the room because there's they're everywhere, guys. We'll go. No, it's not. A, that's not a Slytherin tattoo. Like, stop. Don't um, you say that. Like. So basically, um, the reason that the the reason that the Dark Mar tattoo is so popular is because of Snape's redemption arc. That is why it is so popular. Um, It is, I know, believe me, I will get there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because of Snape's redemption. After all this time, always the corniest line in, like, film history. Um, So... (laughs) I, I'm very, I'm very anti-Snape, like, so, you And know, that's the so. thing, though, back in the day, people were, like, really, really, like, willing to, like, forgive Snape. Yeah. And then after many, many years of, like, you know, working, like, doing an, an, an objective review, you're like, no, oh, yeah, no, he's a piece of shit. No, he's trash and, like, is very much an incel nice guy. And, um, he's an incel. He's an incel. Um... So, um, 
they did this because of Snape's redemption arc, because he has the dark mark um, as a Death Eater, and um, he uh, he redeems himself uh, through being uh, like a double like a double spy and all this. And what's really unfortunate about this is that. Um, this is fans write the plot oftentimes we have better ideas than she does but um, well yeah i mean that's that's that goes without saying at this point she wasted a perfectly good opportunity for a redemption arc from for draco who um i've come to appreciate more in later years and the potential for his character because he wasn't he didn't choose that life for himself you know, he was born into hatred. Yes. And, like, it, it, Snape chose that life for himself. Yes, and, and, and proceeded to live that way for, for two decades at least. Yes, he, you know, but Draco was born into, like, n- being a Nazi, essentially. Yeah, and it, it comes back to that thing of, like, children aren't born hateful or, or, you know, no hate like that. They're taught hate by their parents. Yes, exactly. And there was a perfect opportunity and they sort of gave it to him in the uh, Deathly Hallows part two, where he like throws Harry the wand and like stuff like that, because you you, there and they give him in the films like David Yates through his direction gave him in the films the sort of like, I I am the reluctant prince. I don't want to do this. Like I. um, Oh, that that weird hug from uh, Voldemort, right? Yeah, that's that's what just played for humor. Oddly enough, I don't know. So, I, I, you know what? To be honest, I was like, like when <laughs> Draco like getting a hug from Voldemort looked like the equivalent of like when I was like fifteen, and they were like, "Hug your grandma," and you're like, "Do this, I'm a teenager." I don't want to hug my grandma. So they sort of gave him the redemption arc that he really truly deserved in the books, and in the books, they really should have had him. Um, like lay down, lay down his prejudices, and um, you know, join the fight because like there, there was all the potential there for that because yeah. like he and Harry are essentially like two sides of the same coin. Yeah, absolutely. They're, like, a lot of people like pair them together as a romantic couple because you know they are very similar characters. Because his room I, and Harry's room share a door, and they just. Sneak into each other's <laughs> rooms at night and whisper sweet nothings into each other's ears. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're they're foils for one another, and um, there was just there was so much there. Um, but I mean, you're was, not the only was, person in the fandom who felt that way, though. No, but... it's a very popular. It's very very popular. That's why Harry Draco and like Dra- Draco in leather pants is the uh, name of the trope. But that's um, so funny because I've seen so many Draco cosplayers wear leather pants and at the whole time I'm like, "Oh, it's it's cuz he's 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 an emo guy, right, guys?" Oh. No, it's it's like the soft Draco sort of like the sort of like this sort of fan and characterization of him. And I was today years old when I learned that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> now you know. Um, and that's also like why Dramione uh, Draco and Hermione is a very popular pairing because they're sort of like, what if his threw his feelings for her? But I think that's ludicrous. But anyway. Um, and, I mean, but at the end of the day, like, I will give you that, like, Draco, that's, it's the equivalent of tattooing a child and being like, okay, you're going to do this because mommy and daddy do this and Aunt, and Aunt Bellatrix does this and Grandpa Weird Old Voldemort does it. And, like, yeah, and you, like, it's like Snape made that choice, whereas, like, it's basically like, 
It's like, hey, you see this, uh, hey, Draco, uh, you see this guy with a no nose and a snake face in our living room? If you don't get this tattoo, you're gonna fucking die. Yeah, <laughs> so the stakes are like, obviously cool, different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it, at the end of the day, like, I, I don't, I can't imagine somebody in the fandom, uh, like, now, currently, being like, you know, uh, Snape was wronged. It, because Snape, I think that's one of the things, like, as we all grow up, and now millennials are in their 30s at this point, or approaching their 30s, and we see Snape's actions, and, like, when we were younger, we were willing to forgive it, because we, we... <laughs> We, I guess we were suckers for the romance of, of, of the idea that he loved Lily. And then you see something and you're like, oh, she was never into him. And he just assumed she was like his. And you realize there's, these are a lot of fucking toxic traits in a person. And the reason he only really like flipped at the end was like, I don't know, for a last ditch effort to try to not, uh, I don't know, burn in hell for eternity. Do even wizards believe in hell? Like shit. And it's just, cause you're right. It makes no sense objectively from a writing standpoint, from a narrative standpoint. Why would he flip like that for no good goddamn reason? No good goddamn reason. No good goddamn reason. But that's, yeah. and that's what, and like, I, I think also to be fair, Alan Rickman is amazing and everyone adores the shit out of him. I, that's, okay, so that's another reason. I have a lot of feelings about Snape, apparently. Um, so, um, <laughs> he's like, for Alan, the next three hours. <laughs> for the next three, 2.75. Um, so, um, um, I love you. I love you too. Um, so, um, Alan Rickman, a lot of people really, really liked Snape because of Alan Rickman and Alan Rickman's handling of the character and the fact that he gave nuance and sensitivity to the character. Yes. But he he's a, he's a goddamn monster in the book. Like, he's a, he's a fucking asshole. Which is why, I mean, like, in the, in the film when uh, Snape kills Dumbledore, you can sort of, um, you can sort of be like, okay, I can kind of see why he was maybe not willing to do this, but he felt as though he had to because of Alan Rickman's performance. Yes, there's a lot when of sadness I, in Alan Rickman's eyes in the movies. Ex- exactly. When I first read it in the book, you know, like, I did, I was not spoiled for it, thank God. Good. So I I read it in the book, and I was like, oh, this son of a bitch. Yeah, a lot like, of anger. I was, I was angry. I was devastated. I was like, I was like, he's evil all along. You know, they kind of... I'm like, he's evil just like I thought he was, like this sort of thing. Yeah. It's, and, you know, and then this weird, like, redemption arc, and then Albus Severus. Don't, I, I, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Harry Potter the second. You were named after the bravest man I know. Me. It's me. I killed Voldemort. <laughs> That's like my favorite Tumblr post. I, my, actually, my favorite one is you were named after the two bravest people I know. Shakira, Shakira. <laughs> Shakira, Shakira. <laughs> but like, that's the thing is that's why people make fun of that because it's ridiculous to name your child Severus. That's like, I mean, it's, it's that's just a, a bad look. That's a swirly name. It's it's <sighs> just really not great. I feel like you could have chosen several thousand names before you hit on that one. Harry. Uh, I mean, your name's Harry, and you were like, you know what sounds great? Albus. You know what's also a great name? Sirius. Remember him? Remember? Remember the uncle that died? No? 
oh, okay, bitch. Like, like yeah, Sirius I'm, and Remus are just sitting there, like, dead and being like, yo, what the fuck, bro? Like, as, as, a, as a person who, like, mourned when Sirius died, because that came, that came out of fucking nowhere. Like, that was, like, the, they were building up to Dumbledore's death. Upon a reread, you're kind of like, eh, yeah, I see where that's coming from. Sirius is just like, mm, behind the curtain, bye. And, this is that, like, and yeah, it's rough. It's rough to watch. It's rough to read. It's just a rough death because it hits it's the first big one of the entire series really yeah and harry gets no closure whatsoever and like he just gotta move on with his life and uh, he dies in order of phoenix correct yes he does okay ordered in the department of mysteries yes because i know technically cedric died before him but let me talk to you about how much we all enjoyed cedric dickery as a character and this concludes my conversation about how much we all enjoyed Cedric Diggory as, Diggory as a character. He was so much better in the movies. And I usually the character is not better in the movies. Because Cedric Diggory had about six and a half lines. And they were like, let's get Robert Pattinson to play him. He'll be great because he's hot. And everyone was like, okay. And then like, he's fine. Like, he's a nice guy. You're like, wow, what a nice guy. And then he dies. And you're like, oh, that's a shame. Bright young man that was. <laughs> he asked this. He has this, in the films, I, like, watched The Goblet of Fire, like, a few weeks ago, and in the films, he's got these, like, rosy-tinged cheeks, and, like, I'm, like, I'm not supposed, like, I know he's in his 20s playing this role, so, like, it's okay for me, because I'm attracted to the actor. (laughs) I love how your thought process is, like, I know he's hot. Back then, when I was also a child. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm like, I was also a child back then, and it's okay. Like, I know. Listen, I'm not oh trying to be a weirdo. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is, I'm laughing so hard. I just can't imagine. Like, I I used to find, like, Lance Bass really hot, and nowadays, like, I'll, I'll like, think about it, and I'll be like, nah. <laughs> but, well, Lance Bass has got that, like, kind of. Very 90s boy band look. I will give it to you that uh, I was literally like Robert Groening. I don't know why I said that. Robert Pattinson looks really like, I mean, to be honest, my entire image of him was sullied once like Twilight hit the mass media. And I was just like, I don't like this book. Please stop talking about it, guys. Please stop talking about it. Please stop talking about it. Okay, listen, I watched Twilight, the film. We're going to get back on topic of Harry Potter. But like, this is like another franchise. I watched the first Twilight movie actually pretty decent not a bad movie i mean you know shit i i i i assume it must be i will never really it's not again it's one of those things i wasn't into it like people would talk to me about it and be like like the same thing with like with harry potter i can at least have a little bit of a conversation i'll be like oh so is that luna and they'll be like no obviously and i'm like of course duh (laughs) who are we talking about um and i but that's i mean at the end of the day harry potter's fandom is is just it's literally grown up with it's like the like the first fans were children we're, we're millennials we're the younger Gen Xers and now it's just it's stretched in popularity from actual like ten year old children to forty five fifty year old people and it's crazy that it's gotten such a wide reach and you're gonna find facets of all kinds of people within this fandom and I can tell you that uh, it's. Some of them are really fucking crazy, like, in terms of, like, you're gonna get those older dudes dressed up as Snape. They're just there. They're around. You can't escape them. Just maybe don't go to, like, a, like a Harry Potter convention without, like, your parents. I would just say, in general, if you're if you're, if you're you're feeling weird about, like, what kind of cosplayers are gonna be there, bring your parents. It's fine. They don't care. Um, yeah. I, I, think, I think, in general, it's, uh, you know, 
it's it's a it's just like every fandom has its good parts and its bad parts. Harry Potter is no exception. Yeah, exactly. I I think that um, I think it's done a lot of it's done a lot of good for me, and I think that um, it's brought it's brought me closer to my own creativity and just allowed me to like. When I when I was reading those books, I was going through some tough times, you know, like my teenage years were really turbulent. When I was uh, younger, I had a difficult home life and I looked to these books to escape. And I think that despite problems, despite fandom problems and like fandom, F-A-N-D-U-M-B, um, I think that um, there's a lot of value to be taken away from a work an artistic work and i think it can be separated from the fan base and how you how you interact oh, with absolutely. something is a very personal thing absolutely and i'd say that like if something doesn't have a great fan base but you still really like it you don't have to be a part of the fan base no, uh, no. i mean if you don't like something because of the fan base and you decide not to interact with it because of the fan base i also understand that uh you have no idea how many people i've talked to about how much i like anime and they're like so you like naruto and i'm like we need to stop having this conversation guys uh they're not did you know that naruto doesn't mean anime <laughs> um and that's and that's basically what it is at the end of the day is is just like you can like harry like somebody can probably come up to you and go i love the fantastic Beasts series doesn't necessarily mean they're like super into harry potter or super into like the lore or anything like that there's tons of casual fans but it's definitely something that if it's special to you if you really like it yeah it's got some issues but like having those issues it, it is what makes it fun to talk about with other fans Exactly. That's the whole point. If you guys enjoy, like, having that, like, I love watching the Death Eater scenes mostly because I love hearing your opinions on them, girl. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. I am very passionate about the Nazi metaphor and how awful it is. And I can just say, like, as an outsider from this fandom, it's always fun hearing people talk about something they really, really, really love, especially when, like, I like learning about it. Because it's not like, like having Harry Potter knowledge is going to help me in any point in the future, but I love watching people's faces light up when they talk about the thing they love most. Unless it's Transformers. <laughs> Again, are we back in 2005? <laughs> <laughs> Where is this coming from? I, I, you know what? I personally have a bone to pick with every single Transformers film. <laughs> First of all, why do they exist? Second of all, who thought Transformers were hard as shit for adults? Like, yep, let's get it going, guys. Roll out or whatever the hell Transformers say. I don't know. Personally, I've just been thinking a lot about Transformers, guys. This is my confession. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Megan learns about um Harry Potter. I learn about Transformers, and life is great. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to our our literally. Liter this was basically a trip down memory lane. It like was. <laughs> but I hope that like if you guys have any you know specific experiences with it with with the Harry Potter fandom specifically, I would absolutely absolutely love to read about them because it's just something that like it's it's we're all like different facets of the same gem and, you know and some are just great and wonderful and pretty and some are dark and dirty and nasty and i honestly want to read all all about every single aspect of this fandom <laughs> same 
Well, um, please stay safe because uh, regardless of when this comes out, uh, we're all still going to be in the same predicament. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm no, guys. Uh, no, no spoilers here. Uh, uh, a, a pandemic doesn't disappear because you want it to go away. Uh, that's not how they work. Uh, so continue to operate as if you know masks are mandatory. You know, even if they're not in your state, just wear one. Just do it. Just do it. I don't even need to give you a reason. Do it. All right. Well, uh, that was a beautiful message that summed up everything I have to say. So, um, <laughs> have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye. Bye. <laughs>